When was the first time that you heard Psalm 23? I think everybody, whether you're a Christian or not, uh, has probably heard Psalm 23 at least once or a million times in their life, somewhere between there. Um, I can remember the first time I heard, I, I really, it really stuck out to me. I mean, I've heard it many times. But when my uh, grandma, my mom's mom, was, was on her deathbed, um, she just asked me to grab a Bible, and I said, what would you like me to read to you? And because I'm a holy seminarian at the time, you know, I just knew where everything was in the Bible, right? Um, so I, I, she said, would you read Psalm 23 to me? There's something consoling about Psalm, about Psalm 23. Um, but I think a, for a lot of us, it's just like lip service. Like the words, um, if you really let them be what they are, this is one of the most challenging Psalms of all. Uh, because we often look at it and it sounds very comforting, consoling. But we realize like how short we fall to it. Usually when I read it, it says the Lord is my shepherd. I'm like, is the Lord my shepherd? Like, do I even know what those words mean? Um, you know, when you and I are doing well in life, um, say if you just got off a retreat or you just got off of a mission trip um, from some amazing experience with God, uh, we should expect to be doing well and proclaiming that the Lord is our shepherd. That's like easy to do. But honestly, I could care less about how you're doing after retreat because that's like expected. When you go to those places where you find verdant pastures, he gives you a pose. Well, then, yeah, you should just be like, duh, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, he, he leads you to wrestle water saying, yeah, I don't know why you go to that dumb thing. Come to me. Boom. You feel better. Like that's like a no brainer. What I'm more concerned about is when it's hitting the fan, when you're not doing well, is the Lord still your shepherd? Is the Lord still your shepherd? You know, I, a follower of Jesus, you a follower of Jesus, a Christian who proclaims that the Lord, the King, the ruler is a shepherd, not just during good times, but during difficult times. That's what I'm interested in. So when things are going poorly um, or when life just isn't going the way I wanted it to or I expected it to or I'm frustrated, uh, when I'm lonely, is the Lord still your shepherd and my shepherd? You know, when we can simply just look at the first few words uh, to get a glimpse at God's plan for us, um, we realize how powerfully scary these words are. The Lord, just the first word of, the Psalm, of Psalm 23, the Lord. What does that even mean? I think so often either we call God Lord or Jesus Lord. Uh, well, let's do a little bit of a gut check. So Lord means he's ruler. He has dominion, dominus. Domine in Latin, right? He dominates everything. But not in a bad way, but it's because he's, again, he, he refreshes me, he restores me, so why wouldn't he be my Lord? Okay, well, let's talk about your money. Is Jesus Lord of your money? When you buy things, is he Lord? When people say, oh, you're so generous, do you say, yeah, I am generous? Or do you say, it's the Lord's money, right? Uh, how about your, your social media? Is the Lord, is Jesus Lord of your social media. What about the music you listen to or what you watch, what you feed yourself with? Is Jesus Lord of what you listen to as far as music? When you're in the car, do you know that he's with you? Or what you watch on TV or what you watch on YouTube? Is Jesus Lord? What about your friendships? I think this is one where a lot of us fall short because if we want to be honest, we don't have many friends. Friends, good sheep, so to speak, are hard to come by. Is Jesus Lord of your friendships? Yesterday, Will and I were talking just a little bit about that, about how frustrating it is 
when you start moving towards holiness and the people who have not grown, how it's just very hard to be with people who are just not growing in virtue or are still playing in the mud, so to speak. Uh, it's just very hard to love them in that. Um, what about your sexuality? Is Jesus Lord of your sexuality? Here's one. How about your time? Is Jesus Lord of your time? For those of you who are still in formation for, for school, what about your studies? Is Jesus Lord of your studies, your intellectual formation? Is he constantly forming your mind? And how about your body? You know, there's so much, so much, so many struggles when, hello, there's so many struggles when we say Jesus is Lord, um, but is he Lord of my body, right? Knowing that my body, as St. Paul says, is a temple of the Holy Spirit, so when I work out, am I working out to be in shape and to get the accolades of others, or am I doing it to thank and praise God uh, for his blessings? But in the long run, like none of that matters. Everything I said doesn't matter. Uh, what Jesus really wants to be Lord of is your heart. And once Jesus has reign of your heart, then you'll want to do everything he tells you to do. And when you and I give Jesus, how do we give Jesus our heart? We do it by surrendering. When you start doing that every day, um, when you're tempted towards major sins, if you're surrendered to him, you'll clearly say no to those things. And you'll, call, you'll, you'll know that you're being called to either fight like a shepherd or run like a sheep. Each of us has a little sheep in us, right? So each of us, we know that we need to be shepherded. But also, each of us has a shepherd in us. We know we're called to lead other people. So we will all have times when we're simply, we just simply need to rest, right? That's like most of us, almost all the time. We just don't know how to rest well. For those of us who will be going to the shrine later today, rest. This is a Sunday. It's a day of rest. Um, but also called to rest in the shepherd's arms, which means letting go and letting him console us. Not social media, not other people, but just him, heart to heart. We'll also have times when we need to take on the role of shepherd, which is, I'll be honest, it's one of the scariest things you'll ever do in your life when you actually take leadership. Because nobody likes to talk about this rod and staff that, that the shepherd has. What does, what does a rod and a staff do? Well, it hits the sheep. It pulls them back. Uh, you have to be aggressive. You actually have to rebuke others. But you also know that um, it's going to hurt them. And they may not understand what you're doing when you're doing it. That's the hard part. So just ask yourself just a second, a few, a few words for just re- uh, reflection. Who are the sheep that the Lord has placed in your life? Like, who are the people that the Lord has placed in your life, right? So if you're surrendered, Jesus is Lord. Who has the Lord placed in your life? I'm not saying who are just put there. I'm not just saying who you run into day to day. Who has the Lord put in your life? People have supported you, encouraged you, who are helping you be a better shepherd, be a better, be a better follower of Jesus, right? be a better sheep, those are people that the Lord most likely has put in your life. And also, who are the people the Lord has placed before you that you are being called to shepherd, you're being called to disciple, so to speak? There are ones that you would, you know, they're kind of like the black sheep, you'd be like, no way. And the Lord's like, Yahweh, right? 
Um, didn't mean to say that. Um, yes, yeah, yes way. Um, but I think often we have to know that the, the Lord will put some very strange sheep in our path, and the Lord wants you just to love on them, you know? And you have to look past the way they talk. You have to look past the way they look. You have to look past the way they, they even smell sometimes. Um, but we have to go past that, and we have to know that you know, often, we try to sh- often we have to admit we, tr- we try to shepherd the wrong people because we don't know what it's like to be shepherded ourselves. And sometimes we wonder, you know, we hear in the psalm, like, he spreads a table before me. Like, and we wonder why I invite them and they never come. Well, maybe it's because he never sent them to you in the first place. Maybe a prayer to, to start praying is just asking yourself right now, have you ever asked Jesus in prayer? Have you ever asked him this? Who are the sheep I'm being called the shepherd? Have you ever asked Jesus that in prayer? I think I did that like three times in my life. I should probably do that more often, right? And I wonder what names he's been desiring you to walk with, the people, to feed them physically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually. And have you ever asked Jesus in prayer, who are the shepherds I'm being called to be fed by, I'm being called to be held by? The Lord will put people in your life that can walk with you and teach you um, and guide you. And I just, I just wonder what names or what people will come to mind for you to either be shepherd of or to be shepherded by. This is where the, the psalm gets just difficult as we reflect on this. Again, this is just, I'm just going through the, what it means for Jesus to be Lord. <laughs> for Jesus to be Lord means he has to be Lord of everything. That's what lordship means. So if you want to be black and white, which I love black and white, that means either Jesus is Lord of everything or he's Lord of nothing. Either Jesus, who loves you madly, deeply, who's the only one who can satisfy the aches in your heart, either he's Lord of everything or nothing. For those of you who are fighting him, I want to encourage you, stop it. Stop fighting the good shepherd and surrender to him. Let him carry you. Surrender and let Jesus be Lord. That is, surrender the one who leads you to wrestle waters. Surrender and let Jesus be Lord that you may begin to know that he's the only one who can truly understand you and refresh you the way you need to be refreshed. I would say surrender and let Jesus be Lord. That is knowing that no matter what dark path you walk through, he's always going to be there with you and he always will be there with you. And let him lead you to where you've always belonged. You know, for all eternity, you and I have been created for a relationship with God. Since the beginning of time, we've always been created. And all of us have, you know, that, that simple hole in our heart. And we keep trying to fill it with things that don't make us happy. Uh, but we, we tell us a lie. Oh, oh, pornography will make me happy. Or drinking will make me happy. Or whatever. Money will make me happy. Identity, status, whatever. But only the love of Jesus can fill that hole in your heart. And he'll even let you feel what it, what it feels like to be a lost sheep because he loves you so much. Then you can also know what it feels like to be found. So I just want you to imagine for a moment, there's like a table that goes forever you know, to your right and a table forever to your left. And it just goes on forever. And at the table are people from all over the world who have surrendered to Jesus as their Lord. And this is, the table is always an invitation to be fed. But in order to come to the table, you must be washed. No dirty hands at the table. 
you know, wash from all your idols, all those things you put before God. And again, idols are not always bad things. There are idols, but there's idols of family, idols of self, money, time, music, status. But also, you must be washed clean of all your sins that you've committed. The Catechism, again, teaches us that sin are those things that you and I do when we simply don't trust God. When we don't trust the Father, we don't trust the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the first public words of Jesus, the good shepherd, are repent and believe in the good news. Repenting means taking time to go through your memories of those deep sins, those ones you have just awful, you know, you've done awful things or awful things have been done to you. And you just take time and you say, Jesus, where the hell were you in that one? And let him reveal himself to you. And you turn your back to that sin and you turn your heart over to him. And you tell him how sorry you are. And you, you ask him to change your mind. You have a metanoia, a complete change of mind and heart. And you, when you are surrendering for him to be, you're surrendering to him with this intention of Jesus be Lord. And asking him to take care of everything. And that means going to confession, of course. To be washed clean in the blood of his only son. And confessing your idols. One of the weirdest things ever as a priest is how many people do not know what the first commandment is. I am the Lord your God. Right? So if Jesus is Lord, if you, if you surrender everything, of course I want, to, I want to be safe from Egypt. Egypt is a symbol of a place of slavery to our idols. Who saved you from Egypt, right? Therefore you shall have no false idols before me, no false gods. It is amazing how few people confess that. It's actually shocking. I'm not pointing fingers at you, but in general, when I, when I just walk people through the Ten Commandments, and some people say, no, I, I've never broken the First Commandment. And I'm like, well, if you haven't broken the First Commandment, there's no way you could break the rest of them, right? So we have to be honest of our, of, our, of our sins and knowing the Lord wants to save us from them because he knows they won't make us happy. And just being honest, Right? The Lord loves setting you free. He loves ordering your, your life in right order, putting your life in right order. So then you can place yourselves in the good shepherd's arms again and again and again and again. And remember, you know, the, the good shepherd does not mind leaving the 99 and going after the one. And so often you and I are the one. And when we know that we're the one, we surrender everything to him because he proves his love to us over and over. And then he says, now go do the same for other people because they need to know this love. And once you and I are all in, my guys, once Jesus is really Lord, then you'll be fed with his body and blood in a deeper way in the Holy Eucharist. And the Eucharist is the whole filler, right? The Eucharist is the whole filler. Um, so your heart and my heart may understand that we're created for that type of love. Why the Eucharist? Because he gives himself away to us so we can give ourselves away to others. And if you desire to start or restart that process, I just want to join you and ask you to pray with me. You know, if you get one thing out of this homily, it's, again, this. Either Jesus is Lord of everything or he's Lord of nothing. Shepherds make things black and white. That's why there's good shepherds and bad shepherds. That's why we hear in our gospel today, they were like sheep without a shepherd, right? And when you follow good shepherds, it makes it easier to surrender your life to Jesus. When you follow bad shepherds or boring shepherds or whatever, it makes it really hard to surrender each day. Each day, I want to invite you to start your, your days on your knees. 
That's what I do. First thing is I always get on my knees and I say a prayer of surrender to Jesus. And I guarantee you, if you do that, he's going to work miracles in your life. But the only thing the devil wants you to do is to quit. He just wants you to quit. You know, if you, just want, if you simply just want freedom and you want to be protected from the battles in life, if you want not just say, in prayer, say that Jesus is Lord, but actually live that Jesus is Lord, I want you to pray this prayer with me called the Sushit Pay, right? So this is a prayer from St. Ignatius of Loyola, founder of the Jesuits. This is one of the most difficult yet beautiful prayers to pray. And this is what he prayed to surrender his life. If you may want to echo this prayer in your heart as we close today, this is what surrender sounds like. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. All I have and call my own, you have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Just pay attention. What were your thoughts? What were your feelings as you heard that? What are your desires? Because when you take Jesus as Lord, it's going to start to look like something. I'd say it looks like this. If I want to give you an image, here's an image for you. After any, any form of praise, whether someone says, oh, good grades, or you got the on the honor roll, or you get a job promotion, or any victory in life in sports, the, one who ha- the sheep who has Jesus as Lord, or when they say the Lord is my shepherd, they'll simply say, all the glory to God. This has nothing to do with me. God is good. Praise God. It's all his goodness. It's all of his grace. Will that be you? Will that be you when you get a good grade this semester? Will that be you when you get a job promotion? Will that be you when you get a demotion or you even get fired when things aren't going well, right? Because again, I don't care how it is when things are going well. I want to know like when it's hitting the fan, is Jesus still Lord? And if Jesus is Lord, your friends, your family, the world will know who you are and also whose you are. We take a moment of silence to place anything that you may have reservation to surrender to him on this altar because, he, again, he surrenders himself back to us in the Eucharist. He gives himself fully. So why wouldn't we give ourselves fully to him who proclaimed that Jesus is Lord?